Welcome to another episode of Market Overdrive. I am your host, residential real estate broker with Cole Baker. My name is Carla Mina. You'll find me here every Thursday at 2 o'clock promptly to elevate your real estate IQ. And in order to do that, I lead on my mod squad with me this afternoon, my co-host, Nick Mametti. That's right. Attention, attention, Nick. That's right. You will find me here every Thursday, approximately five minutes behind and late um, to help her lead the show. Uh, but other than that, I'll st- I will be here, though. Do you care to introduce our other host? I The guest or no, our co-host? Our co-host. <laughs> I really don't care to introduce him because I have to see him every day when I go to work. What is it that you guys do? Can I get a we, little shot off? We, we, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> the reigning champion of iLoan, the guy that's probably done the most marketing on behalf of iLoan, yeah. the iLoan mascot. <laughs> Not because of his hype, but because of his popularity. I don't like that. Why do you let him do that to you? Like, We're just teasing so him. It's all about it's, it's all about a joke and as well. Nick. See? You Grocco be, said you he's not cute... feeling well today, and we're going to need to carry the show without him. Well, we're going to announce Grocco. <laughs> The lead host of Market Overdrive <laughs> and our favorite host of Market Overdrive, Graco Funes from Milone. How you doing, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? I'm doing pretty well, but I I am going to lean on you guys today to carry me. Today. We'll do show. our best. <laughs> I'm a little raspy. I lost my voice. Mm-hmm. I'm not sick, though, but I did lose my voice. I don't know how I did. The mm-hmm. reason we're laughing Probably is because, because Suave, mm-hmm. Rico Suave over there, comes in and is like, hey, how are you? How's the market, Graco? It's doing good. great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And then that's it. No, I don't. But today, but today <laughs> he said he needs us to carry the show. <laughs> well, today he's raspy because the Cubs finally won a baseball game. Woohoo! They have played horribly, Woo-hoo. and he was probably cheering because they finally won. But let me break you some news. They're still going to lose the series. That's no. not the reason why. Hey, I'm from Chicago, but I'm going to tell you the Cubs <laughs> are losing this. Well... This Whoa, guy being from Chicago and being a, this guy being from Chicago and being a Yankee fan still viewers. blows my mind. Like diehard Yankee, I'm fan. so annoyed by that. But hey, nobody's Whatever. perfect. Still Everybody with him. Okay, enough about enough enough about. Who's going to introduce the really important people in the yes, room? Please, I'm going to have you guys introduce our special guest today. Oh wow, look at that. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to do that, but okay, I got no problem doing it. Um, you want to do it? Why <laughs> you go ahead and do it? What, do you even have the business cards over there? I had it up just now. <laughs> oh But boy. I don't want to mispronounce the name. But I have it. I know that well. Today's topic is um, it's very timely, right? Because we are in fourth quarter, and everybody's thinking about selling or not thinking about selling, or thinking, okay, we're going to have the holidays are upon us, and it's going to start getting cold out there. So these are questions that we find in the in the field, right? As you know, um, Graco is a lender, and I'm a residential broker, and so this is what we hear out there. What we want to do here on our show is elevate your real estate IQ and really explain to you how to go ahead and tackle some of these things that are happening. So Mm -hmm. in order for us to educate you and elevate your real estate IQ, and we have two young ladies that are going to let us know how to sell a property in less than a week. Two ladies that know their stuff. Their what? They got their stuff together from, what's it called? Sergio and Banks. From Sergio and Banks. We have Tina Culver Amelio. Amelio? Amelio. Amelio. And Melissa Govaderica. 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 <laughs> microphone. Don't don't fall too far away from the microphone. Sorry. You're it's just I'm sorry for messing up your name. Go over Derek. She Gova said Derica. it three times before the show I started. I know, but we I was trying to ignore you and in doing so I ignored you. I apologize. Truly I do. Tina and Melissa, don't welcome to Market Overdrive. We're glad to have you here. Thanks for um, having us. There's two of you, so we're gonna take some turns here, obviously, but we want to hear a little bit about your career, how you got started or how long you've been in the business, or tell us something about you. Um, so that our listeners could be aware of why we picked a couple specialists to give us such an important topic of this. This is a very important topic. So uh, we'll start with Melissa. Uh, how I got in the business. Just tell us a little bit of background right story. After, right after bio. college, I got into the business. I had a friend that owned a Century 21 company. So I said, okay, great. I'll come work with you until I find a real job. Mm. And um, I just never left. And it was in the western suburbs. At the time, it was in Oak Brook. And it was, I'm dating myself, but it was the late 80s. And um, that's how I got started. And uh, I never left. Good for you. Yeah. I would have never put you getting started in the late 80s. I did, yes. Or the 90s, probably. Yeah. I wouldn't have done that either. Oh, you're, you're great. I got you. You're great. I, you. I love I you. you. <laughs> All right. So you got some time under your belt. Needless I have say, some time under you, my belt. I you know, took a little time off. Uh, you know, not much, but about five or six years to have. I had a lot of children in a lot of years, and then went back into it again in the 2000. So, I'm mean, starting in the 80s. We have a, a total timeline of about 30 years. Close to it, right. yeah. So it's not yeah. like you just started yesterday. That's no. for sure. So no. you're definitely well versed. You sold a few homes in your life. Yes, I have. And uh, you you definitely are well versed to talk about this topic. Let's move on to the other young lady in the room. 
Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, and um, let's see what Tina's got. Okay. Well, I, I have about half that time under my belt. I've been in business for about 15 years. And Another surprise right I, uh, there, because I was going to give her 15 months. She looks really young. But <laughs> wow, 15 years. Cool. Uh, I began right after graduating from law school. Uh, I was one of these law grads that Lawyer. knew that I Lawyer. would never practice law. But of course, I, I ended up getting my degree and then going right into real estate and just have loved it. Stuck awesome. with it, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, I totally get it. So I you're not practicing a law degree? I am not practicing law. Oh, makes makes all the sense. I went and got a law degree before I became a loan officer. It's like you need to do that. I mean, it totally <laughs> makes, makes really? all the sense in the world. No, God. Oh. <laughs> I have some friends that recently went and got one after being in the mortgage industry for 20 years. They went and got their law degrees. They wanted me to go with them, and I'm like, you're crazy. I just yeah. can't even fathom doing that. I dropped out of college for a reason. <laughs> There's no way I'm going back in. Don't you love it how we ask someone a question it goes back right to, to Nick? No. Yeah. This is all about her getting a law degree, which is important. So why to switch? Why to why, switch? Why like, get such a prominent, important degree? I mean, lawyers, doctors, engineers, these are big-time degrees. Yeah, what are you know, saying? Lawyer, saying or lawyer or realtor, lawyer, realtor, lawyer, I mean, realtor? Yeah, why? <laughs> Something dawned on Tina, you to do it. Our the real estate world was just so much more, you know, I mean, for lack of a better word, exciting. You know, being a lawyer and sitting in an office, I couldn't be a trial attorney. I knew that. and But mm-hmm. I also couldn't just sit in an office and be on the computer and do kind of the mundane thing day in and day out. And now I'm saying bad things about attorneys. I don't mean to do that. No, it's okay. fine. We but, hate them all. <laughs> uh, you know, the real estate world, it was exciting. It was different. I was yeah. able to communicate with people on a daily basis and help them out. And my my law degree, I think, also helped me out from a contractual level, understanding contracts a little better. and makes sense. Um, yeah. That's a very expensive piece of experience that you yes. put together before you became yes. a realtor, that's for sure. Well, I have a question for the ladies. Go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. Hey, no, anything. Please so, do. Sergio and Banks, I, I see them everywhere, right? And, mm-hmm. and this is what attracted me to reach out to you guys because uh, I'm very big on social media. And the presence that you guys have on social media right now, at least from uh, the way that I'm following you guys, is amazing. I want to know a little bit about the culture at uh, Sergio and Banks. Um, I know it's boutique. It's a little smaller. They've been around a little over 20 years now. And if you guys can touch on that, and then as far as the projects that you're doing currently, because you guys do a lot of new construction stuff. Mm-hmm. We and, do. And we do, we do a lot of new construction. We also do a lot of resales. Everybody seems to think that we are. Well, I guess that's all I yeah, generally right. see is the new construction um, stuff. But, but yes, I mean, we definitely are a boutique firm. Uh, it's a great company to work for. We've got a great support staff. Uh you know, we people think that because we're a little bit smaller, that at times that has some kind of a that we don't get it out there as much as we do. But we certainly, we certainly do in the marketing. We have and, a huge presence, and yeah. and we we produce. We just kick ass. We you get it out got, there. You guys just got a really big accolade too. They just sold the highest priced home in, in the, Chicago. In Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. No way. Yeah. yeah. Seven point five million. Five million. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Congrats. What did that look like? Yeah. Congratulations. It was. Um, it Thank was a rehab you. on Bellevue, um, and it had a large addition on it. It was about 10,000 square feet. It was done very contemporary, very non-Gold Coast looking, um, mm. very sleek, sexy home, um, contemporary, uh, very different than what you're going to see in the Gold Coast. So um, it, was a, it was a great sale. It was a, a great buyer, cash deal. Wow. And it, it wow. <laughs> I, I bet you would have liked that loan. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have been a nice yeah. one. Yeah. But it was, you know, one of those things where it just happened very quickly. And and my next question would be, like, how long was it on the market? But I'm sure in that price point, it's probably longer. It's, it doesn't it's on the market five days. Yeah, it was off market for a while, kind of like a pocketed listing, because I had a listing literally three doors down from there by the same a developer owned it who did a spec home there on fi- at 50, uh, 34 Bellevue. And uh, then we just uh, put it on the market, and I would say pre- probably maybe seven months it was totally on the market, total market time, seven, eight months. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Right, because you have to remember Which is that price the Gold point. Coast, yeah. Because those single yeah. families can linger for two years. Yeah. Awesome. Well, obviously, we, you have a wonderful resume. Why don't we get to our topic, Rocco, and yeah. really tell our audience how can we sell a property in today's market in less than a week, per se? In less than a week. Yes. Well, Give us you're your on the top. spot. What are we Price. doing? Top four? Your secret. Top four or top five? Top four, I think top you four. said. Top right, four. Nick? Okay. Yeah. Four. Quattro. <laughs> so, number one, price. You can't change the location, so you have to be priced you know, to sell and not overpriced because you're just not going to bring people in. 
And the house has to look good. It has to be staged properly. It has to be decluttered. Don't, 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 don't jump stay, to number two. Let's stay on the first one. Let's stay on the first one for a minute. Oh, let me run to linger. I thought you were going to say hammer and ice. No, 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 When you come to my house and you say, Carla, and I'm telling you, okay, I'm afraid, right? The holidays are upon us, and I have children. I'm going to put the property on the market, and I'm Catholic, so I celebrate Christmas. I'm going to have to, you know, like, what are people going to come in? And I got to do shopping, and I don't want people, you know, the decorations and the Thanksgiving. And, oh, I should just wait till first quarter, maybe next summer. What would you advise to somebody with, with, with that? And then everybody's saying in the news that, you know, if you price, you put it on the market now, you're not going to get a, the, the highest yield because it's a slow market. It's a soft market. Depends on if they have to sell or not. What's their motivation? If they're just putting it up to see what they can get, then they can wait. But then again, if they wait, everyone has the same idea, and you're going to have an influx of homes listed in the spring. So it's supply and demand. If you really want to sell, you have a motivation. Put it on when you need to sell it. And then if you want to wait till spring, you know, you're competing with many more homes mm-hmm. than you would be now. So. That's a good point. Yeah, and yeah. I think another good point is that you know this time of year if somebody is looking at the property they're a real buyer they're not that casual well you know i'm kind of they are there's a, too many other things going on they're not doing life. it because it's the in thing yeah. to do it's right. not they're summertime shopping for they us. have to move and they're a very serious buyer so i like to remind sellers of that uh, and if you're priced right i mean it's you know you look at the comps and you price it right and we're, we're in a huge city here in chicago every month of the year there are people looking to buy a place. It's right. not like, you know, we're not some tiny little town somewhere where I don't know, I don't feel like Chicago or the big cities are as affected by the time of year as No, I don't. Yeah, I somebody's going to shut their kids around year. and look at homes they have a motivation to buy. So and let's let's so. let's dwell on price a little bit more. If I'm a seller and I want to move my house and I want to co- contact any one of you three doing the show today about how to sell it and sell it quick. Um to me, it sounds like we might have flip-flopped the order. It seems like price is probably the number one thing. It is. Would you say it's your most important out of the four that we're going to get to later? Price and packaging. Okay. So you want good price, and you want the place to look good in your photography, the way you market it. You know, you're not taking pictures on a cell phone. You're getting a professional photographer in there. Let, you're doing it right. That's Let's, super important. <laughs> so those two she's things. Doing it, you're saying, you're, you're doing it again. Let's just give it away. Just give it away. But let me, okay, no, let's water it down. Well, what I, wanted, what I want to get to is if I'm a seller, mm-hmm. how often do you have to deal with the battle of you're saying price is important, and the famous saying in life is everything has a price mm-hmm. when it comes to real estate especially. Um, but it's got to be the right price. Right. So how often is it – tell us some of the horror stories when some, when you say a house is worth, let's say, 500000 but a seller says, nope, don't put it up there unless it's six because maybe someone will give it to us. Right. I mean, what kind of – tell some of these listeners What's why that's a big mistake. Yeah, so, why is that a big mistake to do that if you're saying price is it's important? It's a big mistake because you're going to linger on the market – Buyers are educated. Everyone's on the internet. Everyone has access to closed comps, whether you're a broker or not. And if you're going to overprice your house, no one's going to come to look at it. I I love it. I think that's key, actually. Um, I want to go back to, you know, just hone in on the whole pricing strategy because if you're listening and you're thinking about selling a property in today's marketplace, I know you're getting, like, mixed reviews, right? One one newspaper is telling you there's no inventory, so there's no competition. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to be the only property, so obviously – demand um so i'm gonna price high but then you know you're sitting on the market and you're wondering what did i do wrong so i think it's very key for you as a seller to understand that pricing is key and you can't be overzealous about the opportunity that is the only product on the market because you still have to create value so going into leading on to what you're saying as far as packaging you have to create that value for that for that buyer so then you go into the staging mechanism of how when you're talking about packaging it too Mm -hmm. right so it's like pricing Mm -hmm. it but you also got to create value within the product that you're selling is that what i'm hearing sounds like she's going to get into number two right now since we already did no let's just do it because let's go back a little bit into the whole pricing too though like as far as right now we're in fourth quarter so when your realtor comes in with market uh, market data, are you pulling just the last three months of what occurred in the market, the sales trends? Or are you going back nine months? Or how are, how do we advise our clients to and price a property? goes back three months, right? And if they can't find comparable comps with the same features and benefits, they'll go back six. But three months is typically Chicago market changes on a dime, so there it ebbs and it flows. There's no rhyme or reason. Oh, it's fall, it's spring. You know, you just never know. So. So you need to look at the last three months and 
particularly you need to look at the closed comps. That's very, very important. That's key. That's your evidence. Mm-hmm. And then look at what your competition is and what the active comps so are. So back to price. If the seller is done a little bit of his homework and he sees on some of these websites that Zillow are free, or, we don't like to mention them. Oh, okay. But it's okay. We get it. <laughs> okay. Um, so he sees that you know homes like his mm-hmm. are on these websites and they're overpriced, but they're active. Mm-hmm. And you know that they won't sell because it just hasn't been happening. But you know, like the whole neighborhood got together and said, I think it's worth this much. Let's all like you know, put them on the market for fifty or sixty thousand dollars more than what they're really worth. How do you handle that? They're like, I saw it on Zillow. Actives, are you just telling them that actives really don't mean much? It's what closed. I'm like, it's your competition, but it's if it, it's just not something that you're gonna. You have to you look at the closed comps. The That's your evidence. Right. These, this is what somebody. A, it's worth a, what a buyer is willing to pay. It's not worth what you want. Right. So buyers set the market. So I think. To look at the closed comps is proof that a buyer was willing to pay this for this product in this location, and and the same features and benefits are comparable. So this is a very valid, strong indication of what your house is worth. Yeah, and I also want to take it a little bit further. I love what you're saying about, you know, look at the closed comps, and what she means by comps is comparables, what has recently mm-hmm. sold in the area. But, you know, to be honest, I actually go back nine to ten months mm-hmm. because we are in a changing market. So if I'm looking at three months behind, I'm looking at, uh, you know, height of the market, which is the summer. So, of course, those are going to yield higher returns because everybody's buying in the summer months. So I go back actually to look at a softer kind of market, which is the beginning of the year, to kind of tell me, okay, we're entering the fourth quarter. We could anticipate that, you know, the highest yield is going to be June, July, and August. That's where the height of the market, that's what a property sold for. But if we go back and be a little bit conservative, just acknowledge the fact that in this marketplace, you may have a buyer that's going to yield you January or February or even you know December, November numbers of last year. So it's something to be aware of when you're pricing a property. And again, don't be oversellers. You have to know like what's the lowest you're going to yield and what's the potentially highest you're going to yield. But then as marketing agents, what we do is we create that value again and what you're going to go with next. I think that we kind of cover value we can talk about you know staging now do you agree number two let's get to number two yeah so number two um very very important to have your house decluttered to look as clean as possible um personalize depersonalize stage it very nicely rearrange furniture it's we actually sometimes people just have horrible taste and it's a very nice home (laughs) so i don't like your couches so sometimes you have to just really tell them or Perhaps, you know, the hard conversations like, you know, the, the, the litter box smells. Let's oh move God. it. Let's move it in the garage or, you know, this work. is going to be therapy for realtors because now we're going to start talking about that one client but, whose house. But it smells like you urine have, and you're like, yeah, oh, true. Yeah. And we've had yeah. many of those. But you've you been to, to my house. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't your remember house smells worse than urine and cat urine. <laughs> you have never been to my house. So let's just I don't ever want to go, but I can just imagine. Mm. So it sounds like number two is presentation. presentation. Let's just classify it as number two presentation. Presentation, making sure the house looks great. If there's repairs that need to be done. If, if you if you can paint, you want to get them their highest price. So hey, you need to paint, right. maybe new carpet. Um, let's uh, get move some certain things into the garage or the basement. Let's take down on a, an take, abundance of frames and pictures exactly. that are like just too much. Yeah, or whatever let's the take case down is. all your tchotchke bobblehead collection and no! just put it all away. <laughs> so it's a clean look. So it appeals to a lot of people. <laughs> you can't put and away. Then, all your pictures of Grocco in your room. You got to take down it. <laughs> My statue that's in Grocco's bedroom has to come down. You guys got to take all that stuff down. Yeah. Our bromance will have to be shut down oh, for the Shut for the, down, yeah. officially. But really important because everyone shops by looking at pictures, mm-hmm. and if they look at the pictures, you know it. it you lost it, them. It, They're not interested it, in the house. Well, this <laughs> is, they dismiss. This is important. They'll, they'll I've dis- heard this. So they'll dismiss a house. If I've they heard don't this. See. No, this I is crazy. And I'll touch this story because um, you guys probably can't, but I can. Why? I've heard Please of people that off. backed out of a deal. They want. They went in, and I'm not going to say where or how because it was really sensitive, but. I knew of, I've heard of a situation where a a couple went in to buy a house, then they saw photos of the sellers (laughs) and didn't like their. The look? Everything, yeah. yeah. I've heard that. And they they totally walked out of that house like. Like no interest. That's uh-huh. terrible. And it was the, it was it's the worst thing to say that that's happening in 2017. Well, it happened two years ago, but um, they felt that there was like going to be some kind of heebie-jeebie over them. By the ethnicity. I sell property. It wasn't, I don't want, you know, I'm going to leave it there. Yeah, please. But that's what happened. So (laughs) it's like, you know, we're proud of our families and we're proud of 
our religion or whatever I'm the case sure might Nicolas be. I'm sure Nicolas and Mia's pictures are going to sell anything. I should just put their pictures everywhere, wherever I go. But it, the, I've heard of this, <laughs> is what I'm saying. The presentation. Like, t- like sure, Tina said, depersonalize it. Yeah. You know, take down. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and, and I, I like that you said presentation, Nick, but quite honestly, it's not presentation. It's staging. You're staging a lifestyle because what I do is I go into a property and I see the, the, the space. I, I come in and I look at the space and I find that one key room in that house that's going to sell the house. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to blow up and sell that lifestyle. So, again, we're not presenting anything. We're staging it to look like what we know the buyer's going to want from mm-hmm. that one product. Right. So there's a lot of science that goes behind that, but you may not understand it because all you do is. I, no, I, I heard another, you and, wanna, and, I, and I have. You, you want to neutralize it to appeal to the masses, right? So right. you just want it to be very, you know. NBA athlete had a house for listed in the western suburbs, and I'm not going to say who it was, but I, this I remember very well too because I talked to the listing agent because I actually was going to look at the house, but I didn't like the school district, right? For the the. He had an S and M room. He had an S and M room. We are not taking the show there. He had there. an S&M room. You're now, now, hold on a second. About, Families are I coming have... in, and you have an S&M room. Yeah, yeah. That's, yes. Well, that's somebody this is exactly what we're talking about. It's your lifestyle. Yeah. You got to lock that door. You gotta, I was talking no, you can't lock the door. If you're buying the house, you want to see every room. Yeah. Why do you guys take the conversation it. there all the time? It like, happened. Like it, I'm talking about staging and maybe like an office that's room. reverse that's... staging. Clean your <laughs> shit up. I'm talking about a room that was once used as a den. Oh, my God. It happened. Why do you take the conversation there? what I do. That's no I take it there. So presentation is number two, and it is, is our. Yeah. You're ever calling me to do a listing presentation? presentation please you're shut down the whatever room he the just said. Room. The S and whatever room. Hmm. Right. I had somebody that wanted to. That <laughs> Melissa did not I saw follow. the house that had a panic room, and we couldn't show it to people because what? it's their safety. Because it's their safety. Yeah. Yep. That makes a little bit more sense. They had their they had a panic room. I and if you buy it, then we can show it to you. Once it went under contract, the earnest it went hard, earnest money. Then we were able to show it to them because it's their safety. He's That's serious? respectful. That's what but I would have done to with room. No, it was, it was hard can't walk into that first. bedroom. Take it down. You can't walk into that one bedroom, even though we're selling a five bedroom house because there's something in there we don't want. I mean, I'd be like, "That's creepy." A dead yeah. body? What do you yeah. got in there? Like, no, I don't want to buy. Okay, for so many crazy, like it's crazy what some people have in their houses. I mean, it really is, and for them to think that. You know. But we're not judging it. you. We're not. We're here to sell your property and get you the highest yield. Well, you have a right to live your life the way you want to live it. But when it's time to sell it, yeah. you might turn people off. Bring it down a notch. Right. Yeah. So number one, yeah. price is everything. Price is king. A number location two. is king, but we can't control yeah, that. Well, price, every location we can, has a price, Price though. we can control. Exactly. You might not exactly. like this location, but it's going to come with a different price. So exactly. price kind of ties in the location. Yeah. Number two, presentation is everything. Staging. Staging, which is also presentation, so staging, you know, or decluttering. decluttering. Yeah, okay. staging and decluttering. Yes. Okay, we're not going to argue. Staging. Minor now. repairs. We're always going to. Re- you know, a lot of people hate that process, though. They hate it because um, let's take it back to a couple shows that we did uh, early this year, where people are saying we want that product to be ready. We want to move in. No one has time to. You know, we're young. We're busy. We have children. We're thinking about having children. We don't have time to to buy a house and then fix it and do these repairs. And sometimes even an older kitchen is going to turn away a buyer. So you have to understand that that what that buyer is looking for is something that's move in ready. So what does that mean to that new, next buyer? Unfortunately, once you're co- becoming once you become a seller you're going to compete with the market right it becomes a commodity it's going to compete so now you got to position it very well right mm-hmm. so you have to like not just declutter not just turn that bedroom you know that den into a bedroom or whatever it is that you are using it for um but you have to create that value so you have to paint you have to repair you have to get rid of that carpet and unfortunately some of you moved in and bought that property and said you were going to paint and you never did you never did right <laughs> do you get that right. a lot they never yeah. did. And now when you come in, you're like, you're going to have to paint. And they're like, uh, no. Yeah. <clears throat> How much money are they leaving on the table by not doing right. And that's just the... <laughs> oh, girl, slow down. You're going to crash. Here we go. Nitro question. <laughs> the nitro She's question. Like, what is that? <laughs> the nitro question, which we'll have the nitro the question. Nitro it will question. be sponsored uh-huh. by Sergio and Banks. Since you guys are here today, we'll have you guys get a free yeah. plug in there today. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna, normally, I give out one nitro question, but since there's two of you, we're going to throw out two, and we're going to make sure they're totally opposite. I'm scared of the nitro so question. So you can't, you can't you piggyback. This is going to be easy. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the amount of experience you've had and the things you've seen. Your nitro question, you don't have to answer right now. You can let it brew for a little while. We'll come back and get to it um, about 20 minutes later. Um, I would have forgotten. Biggest, your, Melissa, your biggest fear about the real estate market, its condition, moving forward, whatever that might be. 
All right. Let me let me marinate on that. You marinate on that one. Your biggest yeah. fear, the thing that like has you maybe on occasion when it dawns on you up at night a little bit. Um, Tina. <laughs> In the spirit of you leaving being a lawyer, which I don't blame you, I would have done the same thing. Uh, what is your favorite part of the industry you decided to join in in total? Like what, or maybe the decision on why you decided to become a realtor. What's the favorite, what's that one thing that attracted you the most to it? Or what is it about the day-to-day that you actually enjoy the most, period? So okay. Wow, you're soft. getting deep. These are kind of serious questions. Like Carla. Are you at <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat. If you could get rid of one person in this world, who would it be? <laughs> well Okay, there's only two nitro questions. You don't have to answer that, we already know the answer. Oh my God. So we'll save we'll save those two questions for you and we'll jump right back over to what we were talking about. What do we establish here so far? We have two out of the way. Two two things. Can I answer mine? Can I answer mine? No, you can't. You can't no. answer your nice your question. You have to wait till the end of the show. We know I why you got you, into Nick. the industry. Yeah, yeah. check. And you don't. You don't get the. <laughs> so where where do we leave off? Number well, one. You are listening to Market Overdrive. Thank you so much for sharing uh, Thursday afternoon with us. Today we are touching on a very timely topic, which is how to sell your home fast. And in order to give you that information and elevate your real estate IQ, we brought in Tina and Melissa. And so we talked about pricing, which is very important, and of course staging, which is uh, the tip number two per se. So let's move on to number three. What would you say is number three? Who wants to answer it, Tina? Sure, I'll answer it. Uh, I think availability of the agent is very, very important, as well as the availability from the seller side to have their place there for us. So whether or not it's in the evening or a holiday or whenever it might be, it's super important to have access at all times, basically. Have you ever had a horror story where you just, like, it's almost impossible to show the house? Sure. Sure, sure. Sure. You said it's so easy, like it happens all the <laughs> well, time. Well, there's, there, you know, there's a lot of different things, especially right. if a house, for instance, is has a tenant in it or a condo is tenant occupied, and you know that's a tough, tough. That's challenging a lot of times because the tenants aren't necessarily as willing, mm-hmm. and of course we have to work around the tenants' rights. So multi units um, have to be a real nightmare then. Oh, yeah. you know yeah. what? Sometimes even the sellers have a touch themselves, right? Because if you have yeah. a new mom, um, they are yeah. they yeah. outgrew their space and they're in a three bedroom condo, and then they, now they want a four bedroom single family and they're moving. They sabotage themselves because they're like, well, you know, my son or my baby sleeps during mm-hmm. you know nine a.m. to ten, so no showings at that time. And what happens to us as realtors? Then we have to go back into the marketplace and tell our colleagues we can't show the property during those hours. But then their buyers are saying, hey, I only have a.m. before I go to work, and then p.m. After I get out of work, and if I can't see it, let's move on to the next property. And then they go out and see the next property, which happened to me this weekend. Actually, I called the realtor, and she's. I asked her for two opportunities, and she came back to me and said no because they had guests. The, the sellers had yeah. guests there, and they didn't want to show it over the weekend. And I said, okay. Well, my client and I went to go see another property, and she ended up liking that property and wrote an oh, offer. No. Then the agent called me back and said, Hey, Carla, when would you like to? When can we get you in the property? We apologize for not getting you in this weekend. I said, Well, I apologize. Tell your sellers they can kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. Why do you have to be so That's rude? That's what you were thinking. No, I did uh, not actually uh, because I felt bad. I really thought that was a nice. And she was so accommodating. She was so sweet. Yeah. And as realtors, all we could do is, you know, try to accommodate. But it is a disservice because you're, yeah. once you're on the market, you're competing and you got to make yourself available. So, so I think that's yeah. a great one. Yeah. So it's not to say that they can't have these restrictions. They can definitely tell you that certain hours we cannot show the place for what our kids are. You have to still live your life, but don't expect it to be sold within a week is right. what you're saying. Right. Yeah, or, you know, there's you some things that you can't Not if your dog walker can't make it. Or, yeah. you know, I mean, there's all different. Yeah. I mean, you have to show it to sell it. And if you can't get in. Yeah. So availability. Yeah. Number completely. three, accessibility and availability. Mm-hmm. Got that? Yeah, and just, like, know the market, right? If you're the only property in the half a mile radius of that one and you're amazing, you're unique, or maybe you're, like, a four-unit building and you're amazing and you know your price right, then create that, you know, demand and do a one-day showing, per se. But understand that there's different strategies for every property. But I agree. I mean, value is created with, you know, the presentation, the property that you're selling. And, of course, you've got to show it in order to sell it. So that's three ways of getting a property sold right away. Do you agree, Graco? So what if you can't? So what if we can't show it? What are tricks of the trade? Don't expect in less than a week. <laughs> no, you can't sell no. less. Do whatever you want. Just don't expect in less than a week, man. There has to be some, you know, work creative workaround. If you can't sell it, you have to have a come to Jesus talk with the seller. Come to Jesus, and you okay. have to pretty That's much fair. say, "Hey, listen, let's temporarily take this off of the market until you can figure out something with your pet care, your child care, your 
work schedule or whatever, and then we'll put it back on. So, um, yeah, that's okay. pretty much the only way you can do it unless you break in to show it, So, right. which we're not doing, right? And so. it's going back to the analytics of the situation, right? If you understand that market time for that area is 15 days, right, and you're trying to – there's no other product like yours. You're the best property. You paint it. It looks great. you got stainless steel, granite quartz, whatever people mm-hmm. are using now. It's updated. Then you know you have the best product. And you can pretty much play and dance with the market as you see fit. You can underprice, per se, if that's the right you know marketing campaign for you because you don't want to bother your tenants. So underprice a little bit. Make it a sweet, you know, shiny penny. Put it on the market, and then you do one-day showings. And that works because then you're not bothering your tenants. Um, but you have to understand the marketplace. If you're, you've had a lot of competition, there may not be that sweet spot, and you may you know, be, yield less because you applied the wrong strategy. So again, lean on the experts. Um, work with someone who understands the marketplace, understands time of market, what is the average, what has sold. Look at the past comps. And of course, like you ladies, I mean, you sold one property nearby, and you were hired to, hire, to sell the next one because you understand that block, you understand that marketplace, mm-hmm. and you kind of control the market at that point, right? So... Well, you're you're the you're the the last one to sell in the area, so you're considered you know the expert, especially if it's, it's sold and closed at a really good price. Yeah, you're like, listen, I created that comp, so I know mm-hmm. what it's worth. I'm gonna price it just a little bit, like a little bit, you know, sexier per se, or more appealing, mm-hmm. and then yeah, create a demand by you know showing it once or twice. But you have to be strategic. You can't just say I'm not gonna show it whenever people call you because unfortunately, if you're gonna sell and you want to sell fast, keep, you know, I love it when my clients are like, wait, what? I got to start packing. It's like, yeah, isn't that why we had this conversation? Isn't that why you hire us? Yeah. <laughs> so we can sell your home. So let's mm-hmm. recap it. Let's take it from the top. Take it from the top. Tina? One. Yes. Take it from the top. <laughs> okay. Number so. one, pricing is of utmost importance, of course. Look at the comps. Price is super important. Staging, extremely key as well. And even the getting the photos done and great <clears throat> photos not the cell phone photos none of that you have yeah to have it's just terrible those are horrible there. they don't I close have, a toilet lid they yeah, it's just these cell phone photos right yeah um Availability and then marketing, of course. That's number four. That's number, number four. four. We're jumping straight to number four. Yeah. Are you ready for number four? That's what realtors do. Are you we just ready? Give it away. We just give all the information. Are you ready? We're ready. ready We're going to be four. ready. But yes, I agree. Marketing is so key. And I like, you know, when we started the show, you said something about a lot of people don't think that we have huge reach, right, with the, the brokerage that you're with. I think it just depends on the individual realtors and the kind of noise that you make right noise with respect to marketing for each brand i mean i'm with cobalt banker and we have high reach right cobalt banker buys everything in bulk so we have you know exposed tons of exposure mm-hmm. but i think that because of my own niche we're able to you know showcase our properties to other agents we meet agents through the show um so we have huge reach within ourselves and how we we market those properties but going back to the basics it gets to the point where some agents are like you said taking photos of the property with their phones <laughs> yeah hey. Samsung's got a really good phone. No, I'm not an agent. I'm not an agent. No, I, I think that this topic for me is is um, arguably the most important one. Because marketing. Some, yeah. And, I mean, I'm a firm believer in marketing. Because he's on the outside looking in. Well, right? well you know, yeah. You know, everyone, Don't get the strategy wrong by mispricing yeah. it. I yeah. I go back to one. Well, the marketing is, it, it could go in a lot of, the money could be spent in so many different ways. It's not about how much money is spent marketing. It's about how smart you market mm-hmm. the property. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's only so many people that are going to be interested in buying your house. Mm-hmm. The exactly. whole world is not interested. Exactly. So finding an agent and uh, or a group of people to help you sell your house and pinpoint to get it to the right people that are interested. You know, I mean, how do you sell these three seven million dollar houses? Yeah. <laughs> not everybody is in, <laughs> you in the market to buy it. Yeah. You know, you, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very important on how you presented that. Mm-hmm. What do you do, Melissa? Well, um, you you know you advertise in in magazines and social media helps. The M- MLS is really, honestly, and truly the Bible. <laughs> so, and, and what happens from there is it just filters out to all the websites, and that's where people sh- people shop online. Like I've been in this a long time, as you guys know. We didn't have that kind of marketing back then, so we'd send out flyers, mail, snail you mail. It seem like it was a long time. Well, ago. this was before <laughs> really changed. internet, guys. <laughs> I remember. So how are you selling your flyers? Nineteen ninety-five. I remember. So it was, you know, we'd put flyers on the door. Yep. We would mail mailers out, so yep. there wasn't this there online was access where people can literally yep. shop and kind of, you know, 
par down their list of what they want to see online. So very, very important to have that. It's probably... You're telling people to go back to basics. None of all this craziness, not a poor, three... No, I think that's wonderful. (laughs) I No, I think all of that stuff is great. I really do. It's, you know, drone shots and all these wonderful tours, and I think it's great. It's marketing. It shows your client that you're you're ahead of the game, that you're, you have your thumb on the pulse of what's happening in terms of marketing and, and getting your, your product out there. And I think Sergio and Banks does that really well. I love it. We I do. agree with you. We I do. like what you said. I think key, if you're listening and watching this and you're thinking about selling in this market, it's having a pulse. I think it's the most important aspect of it because yeah, we can hire a photographer, they can come in and take photos, but if you have a pulse on the market, you understand what you're selling and what it need, how it needs to be showcased to that potential buyer. Mm-hmm. You also said that you had a network. The property was a pocket listing before you dumped it in the MLS. And you do do that quite. So, right. Yes. So we're giving you a lot of secrets here. You're not getting it because you're not in the business so you don't understand it. But she did say, you know, the holy grail is the multiple listing service, yet Earlier on the show, you said that you also applied the whole concept of pocket listings, which is when a realtor doesn't put the property on the MLS and she markets it within her network, right? So, I mean, there's a lot of things that are going on, and that's what makes you a great realtor versus someone who's just saying, okay, I'm going to get my license, I'm going to put this property on the market, I'm going to put a for sale sign, and it's going to sell because the MLS is going to bring, another realtor is going to see it in the MLS, and another realtor is going to come in and sell the property for me. That's not what listing agents do. We work very, very. You hard have for to get on the phone, owner. call your network of people, call your your broker associates and your colleagues in the industry. Hey, I have something coming up. Uh, you know, do you have anyone that's interested in this? I know you showed my listing here. I've got something here. You know, and it's just kind of like that. Tina and I do that all the time. It's just that you know, networking, networking. out to your people. Yeah. And there's something called TAN, which is called Top Agent Network, that we utilize as well. It goes out to top agents in the city, and it's kind of like a little preview. Hey, this is what we have coming up. It's hitting the MLS in a week. However, you're a top broker. You're a strong negotiator. You've got your thumb on the pulse. Do you have a client? Come look at this. I love it. I love it. And you're listening to this on Market Overdrive. We're here every Thursday. We give you advice on how to sell your property fast. Um, Top Agent Network, it's really a good resource. And I just want you to understand that selling real estate is, again, not as simple as saying we're going to get our license and selling it. You're talking about some a lot of legwork, marketing, understanding value, how to create value for that buyer, how to position that property so it can compete. And also, you're talking about top agent network, which not a lot of people have access to, right? And right. you're, you're, you're selling that pocket listing before it goes on the market. So what happens if you, pro- you uh, promote your listing among your realtor sphere? before it even hits the multiple listing service. So already you're creating that value for your your mm-hmm. seller because you're creating that demand. And you're showcasing it to your network of agents. And then once you dump it in the multiple listing service and it's accessible to all the realtors, right? Because it doesn't matter whether you're with Redfin, Cobalt Banker, Sergio and Banks, you're going to get access to the multiple listing service and you're going to see this property. But by the time your property hits the market, you've already created you know demand then you maybe have an offer before it hits the market and then another agent who has seen it on the MLS brings in an offer. You just created value for your seller because you created a higher yield for your seller mm-hmm. by applying this, these tactics. So make sure that when you're interviewing a realtor that you're asking for all these questions because I know some of you are only asking, uh, are you going to host an open house every weekend or you know, are you going to put a for sale sign? The or big question you- is what's your commission? Oh, yeah. Well, That's what they want to know. What's so your how commission? to sell your, fa- your, real, your property fast. <laughs> Number five. <laughs> Let me go. How much you're going to so, pay scratch me? Scratch that four or five. Make sure well, that's you pay what they out. ask. Make sure you pay out well. Can you blame them? No. If you buy a car, how much do you charge? If yeah. you, you know. Yeah. That's she, always she the question, right? She's got a point. Well, speaking of points. What are, hey, what are, what are your loan costs? Zero, points. What you know, but you know what I mean. Tina's That's quiet. Like, I got to turn the topic away from loan costs real quick. <laughs> we, to, we still have a program to follow here, and we have to get to some questions that we asked you earlier. Oh, jeez. I put those out of my mind. Yeah, see, that's why we do that. We want you to fall asleep, and then we surprise you again later. So we'll jump over to Tina first. And Tina, you're going to tell us instead of becoming a lawyer, you decided to become a realtor. But more why? importantly, what is it every day, or I should say, what is your favorite part of this job or this career? What is it that brings gratification to say that you made the right decision? Well, I think being an advocate for my clients, which is what originally drew me, I think, to law school, was was being able to be an advocate for my client, and that carried over into the real estate career. Listening to the clients, listening to their needs and their wants and their desires, and ultimately finding it for them. And once that's found, 
that process is obviously can be lengthy uh, and can be a little bit challenging at times, but it's just a great to have an interaction with the people every day and then at the end having that closing and the smiles and the happiness and all that that goes along with finding a new home or selling so the home. So you're trying to feel like a lawyer in a real estate job, <laughs> being an advocate for your client. Yeah, yeah, but it's different. It's a fun. It's a fun. It's a lot more fun. A lot more fun. I've always said this about lawyers. I'm like, a God bless you, because you know, no one really goes to a lawyer because they have good news to share. Right. They're usually just they're (laughs) they're in the soup. They got a problem. It's always an antagonistic. Want somebody to defend you from someone who's wrong you, right? So you're not in the right state of mind, and you have to deal with those relationships. And whether you do the best job that you can for that person, they're still in that funk, right? Yeah. Real estate, you share so much. They, you're like. We're our clients' therapists. Yeah, I know why true. they're selling. Um, I know when the wife gets frustrated because they can't find something, or their husband's like, "Oh, there's there's two, there's not enough properties, and now the prices are so high. How the heck do you justify that price?" It's overwhelming, and you almost want to cheer for them because you know how bad they want it. And it's a home, right? It's their oasis. Yeah. That's where yeah. they're going to live. It's very personal. It's yeah, very, very it's personal. Very, so it's many an emotional, emotional. sale. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, unlike commercial real estate, which is all about numbers, it's a numbers game. And people don't always sell their house for good reasons. They sell their house for Sometimes, death, yeah. divorce, loss of job, sickness. So you deal with, you, you are a therapist. Crappy neighbor. Crappy neighbor. Oh, we did. We had I have had so many people <laughs> next door to be moved, so please stop. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Stop. You right. sold your house for a cra- because really of a crappy cool, neighbor. No, they keep selling theirs next to me. I don't oh. know what's going on. So. <laughs> All right, Melissa, well, let's let's uh, let's get to your question. Biggest fears? You, you have a plethora of experience. Oh, you told us fear. you ratted yourself it's out. Told us you started one, in the eighties. It's not one fear. Oh, not okay. One fear. But I do to have the... fears, and sometimes they do keep me up at night. I mean, obviously, the most recent debacle in real estate was the crash in two thousand nine, ten, which that we always hope that that doesn't happen again because at that time I had uh, was representing a lot of builders and the market just turned and, and people got well, hurt. Well, cra- a crash is a big... So that was a huge fear and you hope that never happens again. Well, right. Interest rates, I love where they're at. As you guys all know, they're great, they're attractive, but I sold real estate when interest rates were at 12, 13, 14%. So that's not a big fear. So it's not a big fear. Um, the... So sometimes you fear you don't get fired if you don't <laughs> sell something in a timely fashion and your your client thinks that it should and uh, a house or a project or something that sells very close sells and they're like, well, why didn't that person purchase purchase our unit well they looked at both you know so you have to justify that and explain to them why and it's not always easy and and i have clients that call me at 10 11 12 at night because they have 12 million dollars on the streets to sell things and things aren't moving the market slow so not necessarily fears but more stressful scenarios that come with the job because of all the money involved and And the emotional sale on everyday but here we are you everybody in the world's I guess biggest work fear is getting fired. Yeah. No matter who you are, no matter what you do, whether you're a pro athlete or, you know, uh, a celebrity on a movie set, you can get fired. You know, oh, and, any, and, and, and yeah, so, everyone can. So you said it best, but unfortunately, it's kind of unfair because the seller could fire an agent, but if they're not taking the advice and specifically, like, let's mm-hmm. say these four items. Sure. Um, you're getting fired because they didn't listen to you. So if a house sat around for a year and a half, it was overpriced, mm-hmm. not staged right, or decluttered. Um, you'd be surprised, Nick, how They how never often, let you show it. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised so, how often they, they don't own up to that. Right. You know, so you... Because right, they came to you for You need to re-remind and was, them. Yeah. And then you that's your time. That's yeah. your time to say, hey, listen, I told you back three months ago, you know, this, that, the other, we really need to move this, you know... Uh, it all boils down to sometimes to a seller's urgency to sell or their need to sell. What's their purpose? Why do they need to sell? And I think that that's what makes you a different realtor as well. It's the fact that you care that much because a lot of people look at real estate and they're like, oh, look at the clothes that they wear. Look at the cars that they drive. And it's all about like that image of a salesperson because a lot of people are looking, you know, who don't, who are not practicing real estate, who don't get our business. They are just thinking, oh, they're doing it for the bit for the sale, right? And you're here in our show talking about like how this affects you at night. You can't sleep because you have fears of just losing the listing. But more importantly, your clients have money spread out. 
they've made they these do. investments and they're leaning on you to you know sell these properties and get them the cash that they invested and so you have to understand that real estate is very intricate it's you know there's a, a lot of processes that go in place and yes we're entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and yes we get up every day and we do it all over again but we do it because we care and we practice differently than most people who are only in the business for one or th two years mm -hmm. because our clients actually get they're they're heard by us we know what their goals are right so that's what makes a difference between realtors and I think that's why you're so successful well and you need the referral business you know you really want them to know you care so right yeah and that's again you know give your clients and this is something that I say give your clients the kind of service you expect for yourself and you're gonna have return business forever and I tell my clients all the time I don't want just this transaction I want your yes. mom's transaction your mm -hmm. brothers your cousins and in the marketplace that I work in that's what my clients do because they understand that we listen to what they want right mm -hmm. we, you're selling today because of why and then we apply that why into the strategy and we say well in order for us to get you to the next property unfortunately we're going to have to you know sell here at a $5,000 less than we anticipated. But remember, I gave you that cushion. I told mm -hmm. you the lowest was this, and we're within that paradigm. So let's go ahead and just you know write it off. And then you're going to get it at a discount from where you're purchasing because now you got the bigger house, and you're getting that at a discount. So it's kind of a wash. And now you have, you know, you've reached your goals, and that's what we're there to guide our clients. Mm -hmm. Right, Nick? Preach. 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 <laughs> she done talking yet? Is she done talking? You know, we do have guests. We do have guests. There is four other microphones here. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Take your turn, Carlos. <laughs> so, I have a know, lot to say today. So your biggest fear is essentially a nightmare client that won't let you list it at the right price, <laughs> take down the weird pictures and get rid of the S&M room. <laughs> Won't let you Nobody go inside the S&M room and, of course, doesn't want you to market the property. That would be the nightmare. Yeah, client, with high expectations you know? and they're and, not and willing they to execute. Them. I mean, there's a reason houses stay on the market for a year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it happens. I mean, if we can log on right now in the hottest market that we've seen in the last 10 years, and there is still going to be a house that is sitting around for a yeah. year. It's overpriced. It's, there's something majorly wrong with it on the inside. I mean, it's it happens. Home. Well, it creates this, like, crazy thing in everyone's mind too why is this house on the market for a year it stigmatizes it it's suspicious mm -hmm. to people like you know what's wrong with this house other than you know maybe price but what else is wrong with it because price is negotiable right so right right yeah well, Nick, we do have to go into our reporter in the studio, Graco Foodis. <laughs> we, we have a reporter. Has, we we have a reporter. We're going to do a report now. <laughs> because we talk about what's trending in the market because yes. obviously we're realtors and lenders and we're in the trenches and we we're know what's, flip what's happening. Today. But today we want to bring in some news that's trending in the marketplace. Graco, what do you have for us? Yeah, super cool. Uh, recently in Crane's uh, Chicago business, uh, there's a new boutique hotel planned for Fulton Market. So I have a quick question here for everybody today. Everybody knows Fulton Market District is a hot neighborhood. You got Google Midwest uh, headquarters now in there. You got McDonald's down the street. Corporate headquarters are being built out. Uh, but at 310 North Peoria, uh, a new 28-room hotel, according to the zoning application that went to the city of Chicago, is going to be built. Uh, 28 rooms? 28 rooms. It's not even big enough for me and my family. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to do an addition of fifth floor and 3,000 square foot uh, ground floor reserved for commercial use. My question is, Ooh. with these new boutiques or these new hotels that are being built in these neighborhoods now, is that good or bad? You know, what are the pros and the cons? Uh, because I could think of some cons. I know there's a lot of good What do you that think it's a con me. out of it? Well, just, I, I want to go around Robin here and, and get a take on, especially from you guys, the experts that are selling this stuff. Uh, well, I think I think those boutique hotels have done wonders for the Fulton Market District. I mean, what it was, you know, five yeah. years ago or so. I mean, it's completely different now. I think it's been wonderful for the West Loop and the Fulton Market District. I agree. Okay. Yeah. Do you yeah, think if, do you think if prices out though, eventually we'll start pricing out a potential buyer in, to be able to purchase in the neighborhood? Sure. In what respect? Like as far as price point, like will it become? An area that's unaffordable, un unaffordable or untouchable. That means someone's making a lot of money when it is being sold, though. 
Yeah, yeah I don't think so. No, I don't, think I don't so. either. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're still looking at checks and balances, right? Yeah. Key right. With real estate, you always get an appraiser, and it's not going to appraise out. It, if it's it's going to appraise out eventually. But look at what happened with the Robbie coming into Logan Square. Mm-hmm. All these mm-hmm. people who have hold, like the hotel that's there now. It's got a cool you know rooftop, and so you're getting people from other neighborhoods who are mm-hmm. coming in to use the the hotel, but also people from outside. You're not just getting visitors coming into the Gold Coast and you know Streeterville. Now they're coming into the you know to the, the actual neighborhood. And so I think it brings in, it attracts new buyers and attracts new, more money to be spent in the local mm-hmm. restaurants. So, yeah, it's always an up and up. Yeah, I don't have any cons. The, only, the, yeah. the biggest pro I would have is when my wife kicks me out, <laughs> you can stay I can just walk on over <laughs> to some place and crash without having a car. And my con is that Nick yeah, is on so, loose you know, and he's out in our neighborhood. I will probably have no. a membership at that hotel. <laughs> Uh, a tab yes, that's running. probably. Ongoing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she will kick me out over and over again. So you, everybody know where to find Nick then when you get kicked out. He'll be at 310 North Peoria. Oh, 310 North Peoria if you're looking <laughs> with for With pictures me. of Grocco everywhere. I love it. My shrine. <laughs> Here's a wrap. Wrap it up. I want to thank Melissa and Tina, both from Ser- Sergio and Banks. Is that what it is? Yes. Just want to make sure Sergio I said it right. Banks. Sergio and Banks, uh, for joining us today. Thank you for your input. Thank you for having us. Top four reasons on how to sell a Thank top you. four things you need to know in order to sell your house quickly, or in less than a week, I should say. Uh, thanks to, of course, Grocco. Even though you have no voice, you did an all right job, and we tried our best <laughs> right. to carry you today. Uh, Grocco from Shmilon, <laughs> and of course, my co host, Carla Mina of Coal Banker. You can find this show. In the archives at marketoverdrive.com and our YouTube channel as well at Market Overdrive. Uh, Facebook, forward slash Market Overdrive. The feed is there live every Thursday at 2 o'clock. And, of course, if you want to find it in the catalog, you can go grab it anytime you want, 2 a.m. if you want. We are part of the WGN Radio Network. If you have any questions for Nick and I, you can always reach us at info at marketoverdrive.com. And if you have a topic that you'd like to share or you'd like us to cover on our show, please please make sure that you also email us at info at marketoverdrive.com. Yep. Last but not least, you can always go to the WGN Radio podcast, that whole area. Find us along with the rest of the family and subscribe to us. If you want to listen to this show every Thursday at 5 a.m. for all I care, but it's there. <laughs> Subscribe to it. If you're bored, you know how to share. find us. And if you can't find us, you can call us. So have can yourself get a good a, uh, you contact a, number for Sergio and Banks absolutely. for you guys. Yep. Really quick. Sure. Uh, <laughs> okay. Cell phone number. Melissa. Trick, trick question. <laughs> She's Whatever afraid. Want, <laughs> She's like, hmm. How can, how can we reach you? You can reach us at um, SergioBanks.com. Uh, Melissa at SergioBanks.com. Or Tina, Tina at, at SergioBanks.com. And you know what? You can. Just Google their names and look up Google that seven. What would it sell for? Uh, 7.5. 7.5. 7.5. Just Google it. You're going to find them. (laughs) Amazing results, ladies. Thank you so much for tuning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See you guys next week, Thursday, 2 p.m. Yay. Yay.